Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, you loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Yes, we got that out. Ooh. Look at that. We're pros. We are getting really good at this. You know, <laughs> Justin is not with us again tonight because his employer uh, needs a bazillion years of lead time to not schedule him for the million Zooms that he has to do per day. So He's a busy man. He is a busy man. Busy man. Um, but... Hopefully we'll get him back on next week and the weeks after. And also, I'm hopeful. Uh, so we talked about Jada and um, what? You're pointing at something. Jada and, and Burn Bridges. Yeah, Burn Bridges. Negative Peace, the okay. band. Uh-huh. Dropped their we, album. We played one of their songs last week. You can listen to it online. There is one naughty beep. Um the song is so catchy. I'm I'm still just listening to it. It's yeah, it was so good. You're listening to it too. <laughs> it got stuck in my head too. Yeah, it's really good. So hopefully, uh, coming up maybe next week, maybe the week after, we'll get them on, and um, uh, and we can talk to them about the album and what's going on in their lives. It's been a little bit since we checked in, and uh, uh I don't know if we'll have the whole band or not. That's still up for debate but we'll see we'll see that's gonna be exciting what's been going on in your all's lives your all's is that a thing y'all's. 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 oh you know just waited for three hours today to get a covid test but nice. what else is new yeah it's the brooklyn city clinics <laughs> is it one of the quick ones or slow it was it was a rapid test so 15 minutes later i got the negative result awesome yeah heck yeah yep just gotta be safe i know well the line was like around the block so and you know can only be so many people in the building at one time and uh makes sense and it's new york it's not like you know bloomington right (laughs) anything else well yeah that would have been that would have been a whole different uh, show today. Um, yeah. But you're young. Really? Nothing will happen to you. The kids don't get it that bad, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, actually, my it's funny because my I mean, just hearing from my sister, um, like she's saying that like most people in IU have like either come in contact with someone who's had it or have tested positive themselves at this point. It's like almost like if you haven't had it, like, I don't know, you should be worried, you know, because you don't have immunity or whatever at this. I don't know. It's just like, there was such a high, you know, spike on campus and still makes me worry just because I don't know. I know that so many people aren't being are, are not taking the precautions that they need to be. Um, well, an MCCSB oh. just went green. They're yeah. full steam ahead. Um, yeah. Still 40% of the students at, at the high schools are online but um there i remember how many thousand i was reading it today earlier but uh who were going back to school between north and south and middle schools and the grade schools and uh there was another teacher that resigned just recently just this week i think and um because there's so much stress on them not just with curriculum but with being in danger yeah yeah and they're not perceiving it, and and the the numbers are are not exactly up to date. They're kind of fudged. Their um their claims that they're not really indicative of what is going on on the ground. And mostly, really, they can't they can't distance the kids. Um, you just can't. They're no, stuck in can't enforce that. Yeah, Especially the elementary yeah. kids. Yeah, right? And it's so hard to, like, you know, I can't imagine being an elementary school teacher right now trying to, like, get 20 kids to, 
keep their masks on and stay distanced. Like, how does that work? It doesn't. It does not. You just go get guns. You know, like you do for cats. Be like, Tommy, (laughs) bad. You know, stay. Are you you saying that we should arm our teachers? Is that what you're saying, Melanie? With With squirt guns? With squirt guns. Yeah, or just spray, yeah, spray bottle. Yeah, well, yeah, spray bottle. I squirt gun is probably a bad word to say in connection with school i'm sorry um it's fine super soaker (laughs) you gotta have a license for that thing do you for a super soaker (laughs) yeah you're gonna have to make license for that we were actually talking about that earlier cat and i were talking about it and she's never had one it's like oh they had this one that had a like a, a thing that you put down in a bucket and you could just keep going forever it was just as much water as that you as you could use. Just kept going. There was no reservoir, and uh, yeah, her eyes lit up and everything. That was. <laughs> we might have to get one. I think it'd be See, fun. I think we've t- we may have talked about this on the show before, but like, just because of you know the gendered toy industry i never had nerf guns or anything growing up but i always wanted them and i was always so jealous of like my boy neighbors who could Mm. who always had nerf guns and i would always go over to play with them yeah i never had a nerf gun huh i had lightsabers i mean i had a i had a rifle that's okay never mind Um. (laughs) never had a nerf gun but had a rifle well the real thing uh, you can't really play with those you shoot your eye out, kid. Oh, it was a different time. It was the eighties. Reagan was president. Things were um different. People are still banging rocks together to make stone tools. Anyway. Uh we're not here for that. We're here to talk about other Neanderthalish things like I mean everybody's heard the president and his the whole He has debacle. COVID. He not not only does he have COVID, but he he himself is a super spreader. He is refusing to wear his mask. Everybody is scared. He's um, how many people in the White House now are are infected? Um, and it's radiating that. out, right? So Kellyanne Conway came down, then her daughter came down with it. it it's um <laughs> it's amazingly horrible. And they, they've got the timeline is secret, so we don't know when he got it. And they're also lying. Spreading. They're also yeah. sharing lies, spreading lies about whether or not he was on oxygen. Yeah. And he's gasping like a fish. And, he, oh, and now he's on nice. steroids. He's fine, yeah. Now he's on drugs, and it's fine. And anybody who's been in high school and been around jocks, steroids are not really something you want somebody who is making decisions for a whole country to take yeah um it's not about virility it's about impaired thinking and and uh apparently some of the cocktail that he's on it can cause delusions i mean that's oh great yeah so he got home made his little gaspy speech on the the um tv and then he you know to rip off his mask like he's some he conquered it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he actually re-recorded himself walking up to the White House again for propaganda. Yes. Fun, um, fun fact. God. <laughs> wow. So, so he did that. And then Very he cool. went right into saying that he was going to instruct his representatives to stop negotiations with Democrats over COVID relief. Until and he then, was re-elected. Until he was re-elected. So he's like, dang, he's, he's that guy on the commercial. Oh, almost got it that time. You know, <laughs> Fisherman did. Um, dangling that out beyond so people will stumble toward it and hopefully get it. Then he reversed that and said that some of the things he might allow them to negotiate on. Um, because he found out that that was absolutely the wrong thing to say at first. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. What a guy, <laughs> right? Oh I know. Gosh. After he he 
told them no and then told them yes, that just made me think so much different about him. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would behoove everyone to vote for him. Not. Uh, as if that were... I, I, all of these things seem to be stunts moving toward the election, you know? For real. And that's the scariest part about it is like, what is all of this? Like what, like what, you know, all of these, these distractions and rumors and everything, like what's happening behind the scenes that we don't know about, you know, like, that's really scary to me. Like, what are we not hearing while all of this is going on? Um, Obfuscate and distract. It's all about moving things and putting up mirrors and, and blind walls and, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that none of it matters anymore. We've all pretty much seen what we need to. Yeah, and hopefully that means enough people are ready to vote him out. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're undecided, I don't even Why? know this idea. I have no clue. Yeah, I have no idea. We're done arguing. Like, yeah. Do like five minutes worth of research. Right. Or just, you know what, if you're undecided, just stay home. You know, <laughs> it's probably too much effort, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry but about it. Don't worry. Wait. Don't worry about it. Can we do calls to inaction? Is that is that okay? <laughs> um, no. Are you sure? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up. You're, you're the yeah, expert. And just to be clear, this this isn't a call to action. This is sarcasm. It is. Um, you can vote. You cannot vote. You know. Yeah. You can dance if you wanna. You could. You could dance if you want to. Um, but okay. I don't think. Yeah. You know. I, I don't. I don't think that anybody is dancing or leaving their cares behind, really. But no. Um. So yeah, we got Trump out of the way. There was coming out days coming up. I wanted to talk about that. Um. I think we missed it last year, but National Coming Out Day is on, was it Sunday, the 11th? Come on out. And, you know, come on out of that closet. Going back to the political situation that we're in right now, it might be scary for a lot of people to come out right now. And I totally get that. Um, You don't have to come out on National Coming Out Day. It's, It's a time to celebrate that. And it's a time some people choose to come out. But you are still valid if you don't feel comfortable coming out. That's absolutely, like, you are still part of the community. We still love you. And, um, and you know, I hope that you have support um, because it's scary. And, and people are scary. And sometimes, you know, even family. I'm not going to go into it. But even sometimes family you thought was okay. Uh, might surprise you. So, do what feels good to you, and um, and know that we are still here, and we are still your family with a capital F. Yeah, you're safe first. Yeah, but if you do decide to come out, post videos because yeah, awesome. (laughs) But yeah, just think about your community and what you feel safe doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and actually, if a lot of you know people may be in unsafe living situations right now that they can't necessarily get out of soon just because of quarantining or whatnot so yeah yeah i'll consider your safety but put your mental health and physical health first absolutely and i was just going to say that because there's still so many people that are stuck at home with people who might not be supportive um and and you know you still want to have a place to live right yeah. Um, I know there. You know, we have youth groups in the area, but they're not. They're just starting to meet, kind of regularly now. Um, the ones at the school, the ones through um, Bloomington Pride uh, and Spencer Pride, they're all still kind of virtual. Um, but you can look into them if you have time and space. Uh, also, there are, you know text chat links and stuff like that um if you need help please find somebody and reach out because that's uh we want you there on the other side okay uh you know 
So Amazon came out with a 20,000 of their workers uh, had COVID. And I was like, that's bad. That's, that's really bad. Everybody's ordering from them. They've got people who are sick, who need to work, out working. And, you know, I know the virus can't live on many surfaces for too long, but um, that kind of sucks that your stuff had to be handled by people who, potentially by people who are sick. Um, and then I, I read this, this kind of almost got buried in that, which was um, that a transgender man is suing Amazon uh, for pregnancy and gender identity discrimination. And we haven't talked about this for a long time. There's, this hasn't been in the news very often since yeah, way back in the way back when, um, oh, what was his name? Forgot it already. Uh, it was the quote-unquote pregnant man, and it was all over the news, and it was all over the uh, newspapers and, and magazines, and everybody was either raging or um, making fun of him or expressing their confusion over why would a trans guy get pregnant. And, um, and then it just kind of like sank into the background and people just did what they did. And now here's, here's this. And I thought that was kind of like taken care of a little bit. Right. But again, what's actually taken care of in this world? We we're seesaw or seesawing teeter tottering or penduluming back and forth now. Um, did you guys read that? It's, uh, they, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't believe him. They just didn't, they, they, you know, as a, a company, as in his, his, uh, managers refused to believe him on this. So they were assigning him to do heavy, heavy tasks while he's pregnant, which is absolutely dangerous to the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's suing for it. So more power to him. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, they, it says that they were going to make him uh, submit documentation from his doctor to verify that he was pregnant. Like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. I thought and most people... It, I know. And it says he was also denied a promotion to another facility where he could have escaped the uh, harassment. Right. So this is, yeah. I mean, it's a lack of education. It's a... A culture of discrimination it's all of those things coming into play at once um, and it's you know too common of a story I, I I mean I just don't get how people are just not aware these days you know yeah um, and and I said I wasn't gonna call them up but I'm going to because <clears throat> I already did uh, on my personal page, but it said my brother posted something up saying that if you don't, if you believe there are more than two genders, uh, you're a special kind of stupid. And he he didn't actually write that. That was something he reposted, but it, he put truth above it when he posted that. And um, you know, this is somebody that's known me for a very long time now. And um, and it was it was a. Uh, uh, I was really maybe too emotionally wrapped up in it last night and angry. And, um, I was just like, how are you, how are you related to me? How are you familiar with all of this stuff and yet still believe something that's not even scientifically true, you know? Um, and yes, I get that he, he is part of uh, the folks who, who are very happy with Trump as president. Um, and I know that they are somewhat resistant to or, or phobic of truth. Um, but I, I just don't... I, I, incredul incredulity, right? That's the only word I could think of. I, I just cannot believe that there are still people out there who don't understand, don't get it, don't don't even get the basics. Like, yes, trans guy can get pregnant, is telling you he's pregnant, and you're you're bending over backwards not to believe him. That's um, insane. And actively putting in him in danger in the process. Yeah, yeah. like like you're punishing him. You know, 
Um, that's so weird. And it's so, it's so weird because usually people will discriminate people for not looking cis. So <laughs> right. What, yeah, right. why it's are like you suddenly you like, win. oh, you well, now. <laughs> Sorry, that's just it's stupid. Like, you're only valid as trans if you pass and you, you know, forego everything that had to do with, you know, the gender you were assigned at birth and whatever, including pregnant. Like, it's ridiculous. There's no, there's no rules surrounding being trans. Everyone who identifies, identifies as trans is just as trans as anyone else. And if you're cis, read a book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe listen to your family members or... Uh, you're trans. Yeah, come on. Yeah, literally. And uh, I, I have a hard time navigating this too, because the intersex part of of being me is is still confusing to the 1970s kid who was brought up in the binary. You know, I should be this, I should be that, whatever. Even if I identify as female, I should be that. Right? There's the performative aspect of it. Um. Right. But in the physical aspect, all bets are off. <laughs> there, there's so many things that are um, fluid and and floppable and mix and match, and you know you don't have to build the. Uh, this is really bad. You don't have to build the Lego playset as it looks on the cover of the box, right? Like, we're all different. We've all got different stuff, and we're all put together in different ways. And so understanding that humans aren't just cookie-cutter male and female, that should be basic. And somebody on the um, uh, post, when I posted, somebody said uh, that they heard about this. They were taught about this in 1990, which blows my mind. They were taught about it in college in 1990. And I just thought, wow, okay, so it's been 30 years and uh, and people still don't get it. Um, I don't know. I, I just, there's so much more education that needs to go on. There's so much more listening that people have to do. Cis people really need to, um, if you don't know what trans means, specifically to trans men, trans women, non-binary, whatever, you need to do the education on it. You need to educate yourself. Uh, just just like with racism. If you don't know what this stuff's all about, which, God, I can't believe that there's still people that just don't get it. Yeah, um, there are just no excuses for not having done the research at this point. You have the there Library no of Alexandria. Excuses. Yeah. You, you can <laughs> hop on your Google. phone. And find yeah. everything, everything, all knowledge from humans all the way back to the beginning of writing. You can get it uh, and pull it up on your phone. And yet there are people who still walk around uh, ignorant and, and it's just willful. And... Or, or they make up their own reasons. Oh. And I don't even want to go there. That's a whole other yeah. That's a whole other discussion, and we've talked about it a little bit with the QA non crap. Mm -hmm. But uh, do I really care about those people's opinions? Not really. Are they're they convincing? Really... No, not really. They're not opinions, though. I mean, they're they're not supported by anything. They're they're. Mm, I have some people. So I know some people who um, are like to play the card that uh, pedophilia and LGBTQ mm -hmm. are related based on uh the founders of gender theory um which i i just think is total bull and i don't even care like it doesn't matter like trans people exist regardless of 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 any anything like, right just shut the heck up <laughs> and if i don't can i get out of paying taxes like you know our president yeah, like is that a thing we, can we get some benefits or i don't even i don't even exist anymore yeah. Woo! Can't yeah. don't pull me over for speeding, because who are you gonna give a ticket to? There's nobody here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so shut up. You're wait. You oh, can't shut up. I'm like a unicorn, or something. <sighs> but anyway. that no. So yeah, yeah, the baseless stuff. 
So, like, seriously, if there are people in your life, and I know there are out there, um, you don't have to engage all the time. You don't have to um, engage at all, really. But if, if you feel called to, if you feel that that these people really need to um, be educated, and I, and I hope that some of you do, because this is how things move forward, um, educate them. Like, call out their BS and lay the facts at their feet again. And, um, uh, but of course, if you don't feel comfortable because some people are just not safe, uh, don't. But if you're in a position where you can, absolutely do because there are so many people walking around with so much bad information. And, uh, <laughs> and some people that'll surprise you. Um, yeah, but don't put up with that crap, because it's all of our lives, you know. Uh, yeah. Someone said, <laughs> someone said to me once, and uh, well, don't you think that some people are gay because they just can't get dates with somebody of the opposite sex? No. And I, it, I mean, that one just smacked me upside the head. I was like, I, I, I don't. How do I form an answer to something so blatantly ridiculous? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, sure, maybe, but why does that matter? Why? What, what does that have to do with anything? Why is, and also why are, you know, straight cis people the ideal of what's attractive, you know? Like, why right? are, we don't want them anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like then, then you have people who say that, like, uh, it's not natural to be whatever, because even though that's totally not true, it is, it's, it's natural. 100% natural, free range, cage free, free. range, gay. Or gay. organic. I mean, gay it's gay. <laughs> it's absolutely natural. Um, Being bats. But I mean, these are just these are just things that are left over from an age when people were grasping at straws. And uh, and again, um, inform yourselves, folks. And it's just dumb. Listen to our show. Listen to our show where I call you dumb. <laughs> Um, and you might not actually be, you might be intelligent and just had really bad information, but you hold on to it like it's some sort of jewel. Speaking of information, um, the Trevor Project just recently put out, uh, it's a study that they did. It's called All Black Lives Matter, Mental Health of Black LGBTQ Youth. And I've been reading through it and it's, um... This is this is a study that hasn't really been uh, done in this depth before, and I haven't seen it broken down into a focus on um, black youth, black queer youth. Uh, and you know there are all kinds of there are all kinds of issues around the support that LGBTQ youth get in general, but. Uh, within the black community too. And I can't speak to their experience, but reading through these numbers, it it's um, disheartening. And <laughs> I, I, my heart is uh, just broken. Um, I don't know if either of you have gone through the, the findings. Yeah, I'm just looking at them now. Um, so, Suicide among black LGBT youth under gender identity. For cisgender folks uh, who seriously considered suicide in the past 12 months, um, cisgender is 37%, but trans non-binary is 59%. And among those who attempted suicide in the past year, among cisgender it was 14 and trans non-binary it was 26%. <clears throat> and then again, whenever I quote statistics on people who are reporting um, attempting suicide, these are the ones who, who survived, you know, obviously. We don't know how many die, and um, we'll never know why. And 26%, and a third almost, you know, above a quarter. Um in the past 
12 months. I, I, and the, and the majority of them are, are under 18. Yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something? Just the 59% of of them had ideation. Yeah. That's almost, I mean, 60% basically. Yeah. I, I, heartbreaking is what that is. And infuriating. Absolutely. You know, what is going on in our culture that is, that these people feel that they they don't have a place and I'm a little sensitive to that now right now and I kind of always have been suicide's always been something that's been upsetting uh in particular to me but these these rates are are just astronomical um it goes on to explore mental health availability and who's gotten access and and why they haven't gotten access access if they if they don't, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sad. But we come down to this one just stood out really prominently at me, and I know that there are a lot of different factors working on the parents of LGBTQ youth, um, not just in the white community, but in the black community, and they're different and stuff. But for uh, social support. You know, people who are, are, who these youth count as their support network. Um, among cisgender youth, uh, a friend was their support 67% of the time. For trans, non-binary, it was 68%. A special person, 65 and 66%, respectively. And then we get to family. And it goes from the high 60s to, for cisgender kids... Queer kids, 36%. And for trans queer kids, 20%. That's horrific. And and I kind of wanted to like, take them all in. And my house isn't that big. Um, and this isn't in relationship to anybody else. This isn't, this isn't... I'm not trying to compare any of this with the experience of, of any other race. This is just within... The black community um and just speaking about these kids and how they feel and where they're at and this is i i we've got to do better i mean not just as a nation but we have to do better in our communities for our kids and and uh whatever the hell the reason is that these kids aren't feeling supported um this is where the education comes in i mean yeah you know, yeah. parents will do, you know, new parents, you know, will go to so many lengths to do all the research, make sure they're doing all the right things for their child, you know, get all the best things, like read all the right books and everything, but they don't spend a single second thinking about what if my kid's gay? What if my kid is trans? What am I going to do then? If more people had access and, I don't know, even just I feel like there should be some sort of support for like families too, because you know, this doesn't come like, there's always a, you know, a, whenever someone comes out to someone, there's always a period of like adjusting for both sides, you know? Right. Um, and we need to get to a place where our initial reaction is not, you know, doesn't go back to, you know, all internal biases, everything you've thought about the world and like we're taught about life and everything. And like, you know, that just creates anger and confusion and misunderstanding. If it's just, if we came about this from a a perspective of, oh, this is my child and they need help. Like, what is so hard about that? What is so hard about that? I don't understand, like, if you claim to love your child, how you could either abandon them, kick them out, or simply not do the research and educate yourself on how best to help your child. Like, I don't understand how you can, like, I don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't know. And and as a white person, I, I know a little bit from what I've heard from people. I know... Uh, from from my friends who are African American and and other races too about how um, culture, you know, the way that you're raised, how you how you're brought up, um, 
sure, yeah. And and you know, <laughs> it's it's real. And when I keep saying that we have to change the culture, we do. We have to change the culture to fit reality. And um, and it's it's not along racial lines that we have to change the culture. We just have to we have to be willing to do it at home, all of us in our communities, all of us and in our nation and, and worldwide and spread that around. We have to, what was it? <laughs> yeah. Act locally. Um, locally, act locally. Wait, and, damn it. Other way around. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you don't have to create the solution. You know what? You know what I really miss? I really miss rhinos. Oh, yeah. Mm. Rhinos had uh, lots of uh, things that were for the LGBTQ youth. Like they had the clothing dry, clothing uh, donation. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was cool. Actually, I've got uh, almost an entire room full of clothing donations myself uh, for the for the LGBTQ center. Uh, Dang. When we can get that going again. Yeah. Yeah, I need more clothing racks actually. Um but you know with COVID we just we didn't get a chance to do go to the different prides and put up the racks and and it's all giveaway. It's not there's no price attached to it. Um but I don't know, get back to to it. I it all comes down to to changing how we think and and the culture that we have and the culture has changed through the stories that we tell and through the um interactions that we have people seeing you and meeting you and um that aspect of being out is is probably the most transformative that i've seen you know we have things like transgender day of remembrance uh, which is really more for the community, but has evolved into a, a public sort of event. And it illustrates some aspects of, of queer life, right? Just one actual horrible one. But there are other things. There, there are other public um, uh, projects. We have our pride events where everybody's welcome. Just come on in if you're, as long as you're respectful. Uh, but really, it's meeting people face-to-face -face and being there and present and and an example just by living your life um that makes people understand that the programming that they had the stories and the culture that they grew up with might actually be wrong um and of course it is so sorry i am really soapboxy today i apologize no it's all great stuff i've had lots of caffeine <laughs> But I wanted to put that out there, and we'll put these in the notes too, because just just to see this, um, it gets you, it gives you perspective, and um, it maybe makes you see things, open your eyes some, see things a little bit better. Um, but the big thing that is nationwide that popped this week. Oh gosh, here we go. Well, they're trying to take our rights away. Again. Thank you for saying it, because, damn. Um, yeah. Justices Thomas and Alito uh, brought up same-sex marriage rights uh, again. And not just that. They're... <sighs> so, <laughs> the Supreme Court is is the final word of the the land right they're the ones that make sure are supposed to make sure that laws that are passed by congress are constitutional but it's not always set in stone so abortion rights they've been trying to take those away from the day that they started same-sex marriage they've been trying to take that away since the day it was granted. Um, 
and Thomas and Alito have already come out and stated uh, that they're, and this is this is confusing, and, and you were pointing this out, Lucas, uh, with the, you know, they're basing it on religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Because they, so what happened is it was brought up because of another case where a, uh, a marriage clerk in Kentucky Kim Davis. Is, su- is suing, yeah, for, because they don't want to give same sex marriage license or marriages. Um, and so, yeah, that's what they're basing it off. They're like, Oh, well this person, it just shows that the same sex marriage is going to stop all these people from being able to discriminate because marriage is an innately religious thing. And by religious, I mean only Christian. I mean, other religions don't have marriage not at all. So, so we, we don't need to worry about their standards for marriage. We only need to worry about the Christian one. Right. And well, that's the T on that. Okay. People, <laughs> if we're going to start acting like religious freedom is, is this thing that is going to be used to deny people from, from doing something that isn't even innately like religious, then, well, those people should step down from the Supreme court. I'm disappointed. I figured that you know, if you're on the Supreme Court, you know you should you should be a pretty good person. But I I guess not. Oh well, I mean uh, Justice Thomas. And there's my scathing. I don't even know anything about the justices. Oh, I, I don't know anything about really. I know that dude was Anita just Hill. like Brett Kavanaugh. Well, mm. he was accused by Anita Hill of of. Uh, sexual harassment and um and just like and mr brit just like kavanaugh yep. uh, he he was confirmed regardless um and they dragged anita hill's name through the mud and um and and it was it was a horrible thing to witness back in when that was going on and uh, um, Alito, wonderful dude that he is, doesn't even believe that racism exists. This is his thing. He, he doesn't believe in racism. Really? Yeah. And this is the Supreme Court justice. This is a Supreme Court justice. Who's deciding what human rights mean and what the what is unconstitutional and what isn't about this the laws of this okay great Uh, wasn't he elected in like the 80s too like right after the civil rights movement happened um 20 years earlier forgetting (laughs) forgetting about that forget something well he wasn't he wasn't lifted to the supreme court then but he was uh uh he was definitely a a judge back then and yeah and that's it for good he's you know, the whole elections have consequences thing. So we have Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh that were placed by this president. And then we have uh, Thomas and Alito and um, Kennedy. And Kennedy's kind of a flip-flopper. He's a little more middle of the road. But these other guys are pretty staunchly conservative and i'm sorry i really think that judges should be more middle of the road you know they should be you shouldn't be choosing the most far left or the most far right you should choose people who look at uh, evidence and uh rule based on an interpretation of the constitution right but then you have people who are constitutional originalists who and this isn't just in the, you know, judicial branch, but um, they try to look for how the founding fathers, fathers being the big word there too, uh, intended the law to be, right? How did they originally intend that law to be? Well, quite frankly, the founding fathers were uh, raging a-holes. I mean, by today's standards, they are that embarrassing uncle that nobody wants to talk about 
or talk talk to around the Thanksgiving table. Um, right, and we're acting like their word is like the word of God or some. Yeah. You know, like, well, we have to because it's enshrined in <laughs> in our legal system, right? And uh, and sure, they would know everything about what's right for people in 2020, 200 years later. Right. Women weren't even citizens. Um, we had slaves, and oh yeah, the founding fathers owned slaves. Let's yeah. This was that's what, and and they were committing genocide at the moment of writing this. So <laughs> listening to and trying to interpret their mindset for a modern day is, uh, it's, it gives more away about the person who's saying that we need to take an originalist view than it does about <laughs> the law or the situation. I mean, both subjugating women and slavery were biblical uh were biblical laws those were mm -hmm. what was commanded um so there there was no nothing to stop them from that or or to give them pause and you had some a few outliers who were abolitionists um and you did have some women who did stand up uh because they were in a position of privilege to do so but they were drawn out and ultimately um, those individuals didn't, they became the heroes and heroines of our <laughs> present day, but, uh, in the day they were ridiculed. Um, but we still hold up these people. We still hold up these ideals as, you know, oh, the, these are the founding principles. It's, it's based in inequality. And if we want to create a quote unquote, more perfect union, we have to, rebuild it and um i don't know does that mean starting over with a new foundation um there's some great ideas in the constitution but they were placed inside an incredibly flawed document yep. so uh anyway so thomas and alito are are just two among many judges and of course uh trump is appointed 222 i think is the number <clears throat> ram jammed through um and this is after a, uh, what was it, 120-some that McConnell had refused to have even hearings on uh, for under Obama by the end of his term. And that's what Trump was talking about at the, at the uh, first debate. Oh, I inherited this um, dearth of ju judges. He didn't say dearth, but <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. And it wasn't because... The president just didn't want to put anybody into office. It was because McConnell, specifically McConnell, blocked everybody, including, including, um, you know, his Supreme Court pick. Not sure how. Still not sure how. Oh, just because sure force of will, and nobody stood up to him, and or you know, put him in a headlock and dragged him off the after off the yeah, floor. Because the main point it was like he said. <clears throat> He said, "There's no point in even bringing to bringing it to a vote because it won't pass." Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Boo. We should do that. So I think we've gone over time anyway, but I did want to bring up a couple of points. Um, yeah. Okay. We're we're at fifty-two minutes, fifty-three minutes. Yeah. So that gives us good time. Good. For the whatever else. Um. So this is just a mention. Seventy-six percent of LGBTQ people are voting for Joe Biden. And 17% support Donald Trump. You said what? Yep. Did you say... I'm just going to take a wild guess here and assume that those 17% are cis gay males. Oh. Cis white gay males. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. And that's... that's I just... What is there well, to say about also that? Also, it doesn't add up to 100%. No, there are the undecideds. You have to have undecideds, too. Well, how do they know this information? <clears throat> I really don't know. How do they know? Oh, they put out polls. I mean, this is just one poll, but this is glad. So, you know. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not glad about it. <laughs> I'm mad. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I, I just can't fathom that you would be, and I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, uh, economically, and, and we covered this, I think, yesterday, or yesterday, last week, when we talked about the uh, um, New York Times post, or article, about one supporter, a Donald Trump supporter, and she's a lesbian in New York. And um, who didn't want to be named. And she talked about mostly the reason she's voting for Donald Trump is economic. Because she's seen the economy go up and her retirement funds uh, have increased and she's sitting on some, some money. And that's it. And that's so horridly selfish. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's giving up your your community, you know, for your financial gain. Yeah, stabbing your community in the back. Yeah. For, to make some money. Well, I don't have to worry about it because I'm going to have enough money to retire on. And maybe I go, you know, someplace that I'm safe. And maybe I don't have to worry about anything. And I don't have to... These are people that don't give a crap about their community. Like, even the community they live in. They just don't care. As long as they're comfortable, that's it. That's the important part. <sighs> Sorry. My doctor's going to yell at me. Get my blood pressure up and everything. Um, and... and uh, Um, so I put up on the LGBTIQ Community Center website, I put up my story about Matthew Shepard because in the wee hours of the morning of the 7th of October, 22 years ago, um, Matthew Shepard was beaten to a bloody pulp in the, um, wilds of Wyoming outside of Laramie and crucified to a fence. He was tied up, arms outstretched to a fence and left to die. And, um, and you know, there was so much coverage of that event. That was one of the first slayings that really got national attention. Um, and, and it changed things for a while. Not a whole lot, apparently, but it, it changed things. Uh, the kids who did the beating, I'm sure, thought that they would get away with it. They, they really didn't have a fear of getting caught. Um, and they're serving life sentences now. But uh, they tried to use the gay panic excuse. You know, he was propositioning me and I felt threatened and uh, so I had to kill him. And and that, the gay panic thing, as most of us know, is something that, that was commonly used when you wanted to kill somebody who was queer. Um, and they still try to use it. You know, it had a lasting impact on me and, and then 16 years ago, like right now, uh, I was out west myself, and part of the reason was to kind of check out where my family, you know, my, my grandfather was born in Rock Springs, um, but on the way I was making kind of a mini pilgrimage to Laramie, but I couldn't, I couldn't actually go. I couldn't, you know, retrace those steps. It was, it just brought up too much for me, um. I know you, you all are youngins. If I don't know, were you even born yet? Hold on, how old are you? Yeah, I was one. Yeah. Um. So there, there's a whole generation who's grown up, and and Matthew Shepard's name doesn't really mean what it does for us older folks. Uh, kind of like the JFK thing, right? Where were you when JFK was killed, or nine eleven? And this was huge in the queer community. This this murder was horrific. And 
Um, then when Cat was about one or two, or one and a half maybe, um, we ended up seeing uh, Matthew's mother, Judy. She came to Indianapolis to give a talk. She would go all over the country giving talks, trying to spread awareness. And uh, it was just, I saw things from a different perspective then because, you know, I was a mom then. And, um, and it scared the hell out of me. So, I don't know. I just thought that needs to be commemorated. Yeah, um, it's one of those things, like you said, like, um, for for me, it I obviously, you know, I did grow, grow up knowing about it. Actually, I think I first learned about it when I saw some other high school. It was like a play competition, and they were doing the Laramie Project, which is a play based off of the um, Matthew Shepard case. And... Uh, but I think I, I did know about it before then, but it, it, it kind of feels like one of the, it like that ripple effect that like that shared trauma, you know, that, that generational trauma, it, it's, you know, it like, like the AIDS crisis. I didn't live through the AIDS crisis, but my generation of queer people knows what that's about and knows how the AIDS crisis is still impacting people today. Yeah. Um, and it's, this is our history, you know, this is the dark and the horrible and unjust history that we have to live with. Um, and I hope that people don't forget. I hope that people, you know, we got to keep talking about these things or else. We can't let them forget. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And well, it is it is uh, LGBTQ History Month, and so yeah, that fits. And um, for voting started yesterday, early yeah. voting, and um, the line today was about a block and a half long. And um, and I did want to point people to the Stonewall Democrats of South Central Indiana have put yes. out their list of endorsements for 2020. If you're wondering uh, who they're endorsing. Um, and I'll just run down the names really quick. Woody Myers for governor, Jonathan Wienzafel, uh, Indiana Attorney General, Shelley Yoder for State Senator, District 40, uh, Cindy Worth for State Senator, District 44, Tiffany Grant, State Representative, District 60, Alyssa Bailey, State Representative, District 62, Paula Staley for State Representative 65. Now, this this is for a large area, and, and our listenership goes all the way out to uh, Spencer. So some of this is out in Spencer and not necessarily in Bloomington where the show's based. Um, but you'll hear it. Um, Julie Thomas, uh, Monroe County Commissioner, District 2. Penny Givens, Monroe County Commissioner, District 3. Trent Deckard, Monroe County Commissioner, uh, Council at Large. Um, Jeff McKim. Monroe County Commissioner at Large, Cheryl Munson, Monroe County Council at Large, Jessica McClellan, Monroe County Treasurer, uh, Jeffrey Bradley, Monroe County Circuit Court Judge, Seat 9, Kara Croth, Monroe County Circuit Court uh, Judge, Division 8, Seat 5. Those are the ones that are endorsed by the Stonewall Democrats of South Central Indiana. And uh, for members of the Stonewall Democrats, uh, which you can go to by going to their website um, is, and we'll put that link down in the, the notes. Uh, there's a, a Zoom meeting that's going live and you can join that and there will be uh, details on their website. So, and that'll be on next Wednesday. So, okay. Thank you. And now we can be out of time, right? Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and is produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. I'm Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, and good night from your Blooming Out family.